Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Wow, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our Good Friday afternoon service. It's really great that you're with us here. We're so glad that you could join us this afternoon. Um, This afternoon, this title of my sermon is on the table of Jesus' presence. Table of Jesus' presence. Tables are used in our everyday lives, um, probably more than we can imagine or give credit for sometimes, I think. Um, If you're in school, you go to school and you're in a classroom and you sit behind a desk, right, which is a table. Um, For those of us that work and some of us have got um, office jobs, you sit at a desk again behind a table. For those of you lucky enough to be um, in executive positions, sit around the boardroom table and make very important um, executive decisions together. Um, Also, if you go for an interview, the person that interviews you on the other side Um, normally in between the two of you sits a table. And it can be something that can be very, uh, that can actually be separating the two of you. But I also think tables bring us together. And that's like my favorite table, which is the dining room table. Because that's where we eat. And that's often where our family comes together, usually in the morning when we have breakfast and we pray. And again, uh, in the evening when we have um, dinner together, and you kind of find out how every day, everybody's day went, um, how's things going, and it's great. It's great to sit around the table, and just for families, it's important, and we should be spending more time around the dining room table than around the TV. Um, just because you're watching the same program with your kids doesn't mean that you're necessarily spending quality time with them, but that's just something for nothing this morning. Um, But yeah, we kind of spend quality time around the table. Um, For those of you who go on dates, still go on dates, will know that you like to have a nice little cozy table, something like this, where you can be quite close to your partner while having a meal. So tables are quite an important part of our daily lives, actually. And this morning, as we look at the table of our Lord's presence, There's a couple of tables um, that we find even in Scripture that lead up to the events of Jesus' crucifixion, as well as subsequent um, to his death and resurrection. Um, In Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, it says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those who were selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. Okay, so he goes in and he throws out um, all the the tables. After his death and resurrection, we also see that there's the two of his followers on the road to Emmaus. And as the two of them are walking, um, Jesus is risen from the dead. They don't know that. And as they're walking, which is just a couple kilometers outside of Jerusalem, Jesus actually comes alongside them, but they don't recognize him. And they start talking about some of the events that have happened over the past few days. And Jesus walks along with them all the way to their house. 
And uh, it's already dark by then, and, and um, Jesus says, now I've got a, a distance to travel. So they tell him, no, um, please come into our home. And um, so Jesus comes in, and they still don't actually recognize who he is. And in Luke 24, 30, it says this, when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn while he talked with us on the road? And of course, they then returned to Jerusalem to tell everyone um, what had just happened. But probably the most important of all the tables over this time um, is at the table where Jesus and his disciples shared at the Last Supper in the upper room. And if you have not experienced God here this afternoon yet through the worship, I ask you now just to open your hearts as we look at his words and as we also prepare to have communion and come to the table of our Lord. Just open your hearts and see what it is God is wanting to do in your life here this afternoon. Luke chapter 22, if you can open um, to there with me, please. Luke 22 verses 14 to 20. It says this, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it. And gave it to, to them saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. A little while later in Luke 22, if you read again towards the latter part of the chapter, you will see Jesus and his disciples that later that evening go into the Garden of Gethsemane. And then there, there's another cup. And while he is praying with that cup in his hand, he says, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. If there's any chance, could this cup pass? I don't want to drink what is in here. You see, because in that cup, was God's wrath over all mankind, against all sin, all the rapists, all the pedophiles, all the drug dealers, the corrupt, the abusive, the proud, the arrogant, the greedy, the lustful, the haters, the racists, the robbers, thieves, the angry, the self-righteous, the jealous, prostitutes, those involved in witchcraft, liars, alcoholics, murderers, etc., etc., were all represented in that cup. And somewhere in that cup is you and me and the sins of our lives poured out 
into that Gethsemane's cup. The anger of God was represented there. And Jesus had to take that cup and drink it. The sin of the whole world. Is it any wonder then that he said, Father, if it is possible, please take this cup from me. Let this cup pass. And it's amazing though, in that supreme moment, just even as he says that, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. He immediately says, but not my will, but your will be done. And he drank of that cup of Gethsemane, the cup of God's wrath. As we've just read now, earlier in Luke, back at the upper room, at the table of the Last Supper, was a very different cup, a cup that I would like to call the cup of thank you. Gethsemane's cup was a cup of please. Jesus said, please, God. If it is possible, take this. At the upper room, he took the cup and, he's, and it's a cup of thank you. We look back and we say thank you. The cup at the upper room was backward looking. We look back and we say, Lord, thank you for what it is that you have done for us. The cup of Gethsemane was a forward looking cup. Jesus had to look forward to what he would have to endure on the cross for our sins. And we say thank you this morning, even as we come to the table of the Lord. We look back and we say thank you. In Greek, what does the word thank you mean? Where's the Greeks? Costa, what is thank you in Greek? Hey, who said that? You don't look Greek. You look like you're from PE. Evcharisto. Your husband probably told you that in Greek, Evcharisto is the word for thank you. And it's incredible in that Greek word, in the middle of it, is the word charis, which means grace. Isn't that incredible? In the middle of thank you is the words grace. Grace, which means God's undeserved favor poured out upon us. Because we were sinners, and yet through Christ Jesus who shed his blood on Calvary, that we could have been set free from this. And therefore, it's right for us to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what it is that you've done for me on Calvary. Thank you, Lord, that when we take the fruit of, this vine, of the vine, it speaks to the blood that you shed that washes us and makes us whiter than snow. Thank you, Lord, that you chose to drink out of that cup of agony. And to take my place and go to the cross in my place. And we say thank you, Jesus. And so as we come to the table of the Lord this afternoon. If, and we come to drink. If you don't, don't drink if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. But perhaps maybe today and this moment is your chance. If you've never truly experienced who this Christ is and what he has done for the rest of us. We all get excited about what Jesus has done for us. And maybe sometimes you want to experience what that is. Maybe today is your moment where you can come to this table and drink the cup of remembrance and the cup and the bread to remember what Christ has done and for him to cleanse and to wash you from your sin. 
Second Samuel chapter nine verse one um, is a story. David is now king. He's just become king, and you remember just before him, the king was Saul, and Saul wanted to kill him, and David went into exile. And then at some point, Saul and his son Jonathan were in battle, and they were killed. And then David comes in, and he he becomes king. And in Second Samuel chapter nine verse one. David says this, he said, is there anyone still left in Saul's house to whom I can show kindness? And they look around and eventually they pick up Jonathan's son, uh, Mephbosheth, um, who is actually crippled in both his legs. In fact, if you read a little earlier in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 4, um, you would actually see that when Saul and Jonathan were fighting this battle and they were killed by the Philistines, The word of their death arrived back to their home. And in this panic, um, at that time, uh, Mephbosheth was five years old. And in that panic, his nurse um, gets up and picks him and, and, and flees with him. She tries to run away. But in that whole thing, he falls and he breaks both his legs. And because of that, he remained crippled for the rest of his life. And now later on, David's king and he asks this question, is there anyone that I can show kindness to. And eventually they pick up that it's this guy, Mephibosheth. And when he comes before the king, he's terrified because you would remember that his grandfather was king and that he was actually heir to the throne, right? That's what would have happened back then. Your son, Jonathan, would have become king and then eventually this guy would have become king. And back then, anything that threatened your kingship you would eliminate Um, pretty much like today I suppose but that was the thing and this young man comes before David terrified because he thinks the king is going to kill him and in 2nd Samuel chapter 9 verse 7 it says this and David said to him do not fear for I will show you kindness for the sake of of your father Jonathan and will restore to you the land of Saul your father and you shall eat at my table always. In verse 13 it says, So Mephbosheth lived in, Je- in Jerusalem for he ate always at the king's table. I wonder if you've ever seen that and thought every time David had a meal to sit down and eat at his table that there was Jonathan's son right there with him. And today, you have been invited to the king's table. And there's no need to fear. We were once enemies of God because of our sin. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been restored. As David restored this young man's land and his possessions, Jesus has restored to us everything that has been taken away. The relationship that we've had with God that was broken because of sin has been restored through Jesus. And we can come and eat at the king's table always. You're invited to the king's table this evening. As I wrap up, Revelation 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. There's an invitation this morning. God is knocking at your heart's door. 
won't you let him in? Won't you come and sit at his table as we come to the table of the Lord this, eve, this afternoon? Let's make it something that's real, not something that's out of religious duty, but something that is sincere as we look back this afternoon, as we take this juice that speaks of his blood that was shared on Calvary, as we take this bread that talks of his body that was broken for us, and as we look back and we say thank you, and we say thank you, Lord. Won't you stand with me?